0: spooky legends past, down through generations, to haunted locations that hold a ghostly past. Come one, come all, come blinders and seekers, hear the creepy side of Nipa. Welcome to the creepy side of Nipa. I am Dan Kozlowski. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Creepy Side of NEPA on whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And also be sure to follow WNEP's Creepy Side of NEPA on Facebook. That is the best way to get the latest show information. Joining us on the show this evening is local ghost investigator Jesse Kitzmiller, part of Moon Phase Paranormal. Jesse, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for coming on. So, Jesse, how long have you been interested in the paranormal?
1: Um, It all started back in about 2015 was our my first experience with it. And uh, ever since then, I've been more and more intrigued and just kind of learning something new every day, pretty much.
0: So was there something that sort of happened back then that sparked your interest in the paranormal, or is this something that you just sort of got an interest in?
1: Um. It was more of a, something that happened, because um, I started out a complete non-believer, but back in 2015, before we were even a group, it was just a crazy experience. Um, we can definitely go into it if, if you want. It's, it's sure. one that... Yeah, I'd love to hear. Okay. Well, there's a, a location in back in the woods of Ringtown, that a friend of ours at the time had actually told us about, uh, he had heard through the grapevine and he was a big paranormal fanatic. He, he had the, the SB seven spirit box, the digital recorders, everything. And he, he was told that the location was haunted. Well, he wanted a bunch of us to go out and want to go out by himself so I was like, you know, I'll go along for the ride. Why not? We, we had been out to this location numerous times before. On this particular one, it was Halloween night. I remember it was a full moon, very clearly. And uh, there's a stream that you have to cross to get to the house. There was no bridge at the time. So you either waded across, which at this particular point, in the season, it had rained a lot. Wading through could be waist deep. So I thought I would avoid all of it and go over a tree branch that led to the other side. That didn't work out. I ended up falling through waist deep. I was rather unhappy when I got to the other side, of course. had some choice words. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, We better see something tonight. We've been here a million times. If we don't, I don't believe anything, any of the claims, nothing. And the entire night, I made a mockery of everything that my friend was doing with Spirit Box, and just kind of real bad mood about the fact that I, you know, I'm now soaked. It's the middle of well, it's the end of October, so it's rather cold out. And towards the end of us being there is when things started to happen. So you'd hear what sounded like footsteps. It's a one, two-room cabin that's in the woods. And there's really no room for a bunch of people to be in there. So it would be one person would funnel in, another person would funnel, or one person would stand at the door while someone else is in. But throughout the night, you would hear what would sound like whispers every once in a while. Everyone could be accounted for. No one was making any noise or anything. So right. that started to kind of amplify towards us getting ready to leave. And also the the feeling like you're being watched and the fact that you're in the woods, the embankment is right behind the house. So there's no way for anyone to be at the top of the embankment doing anything or behind the house because it's, it's pretty well covered by... A, a, I'd say, a good 20-foot embankment upward. But the, the feeling of someone watching you and the whispering throughout the night, it, it got worse. And as we're getting ready to leave, everyone crossed the stream, I'm last to go, and I get onto the, the rock that's in the middle. And the best way that I've come to be able to describe it is from the horror movies that you see where they're talking in a bunch of gibberish, but it's a 1,000 voices.
0: Right, and so many voices you just can't understand what you're saying.
1: Exactly. That's what I heard from behind me, and it started to get louder and louder to the point that I grabbed both my ears. I said, make it stop, and everyone's looking at me like, "What? what's wrong with you? What's going on? They're like, you need to just get across the stream, and I was stuck it got to the point where it was ear deafening and I wouldn't move. I actually had a friend come over and drag me from the rock and pull me to the other side. And then I don't remember anything from the other side of the stream through the woods until we got to the car, which is a good two miles away. Wow. And when we get to the car, I remember trying to, to dry heave and throw up but nothing happened after we get home everyone is kind of on watch with me everyone's like you know what's going on with you i went straight to bed but everyone was kind of freaked out to the point that they were like we're going to put a gopro on you all night and we want to watch you while you sleep so i slept gopro went running I actually opted to sleep on the couch so that I wasn't anywhere near anyone else. That night, there were two photos in succession where our dog at the time woke up, looked up to the bottom of the couch where my feet were and there was this black ball, almost like a, a mist or a shadow at the foot of the bed. The next, very next picture frame, that ball as at the top right corner, and the dog is staring at the top right corner of the camera. So, I mean, this, this went on for three to four days until I finally broke down on the fourth day, and I, I just, I was against myself about going to seek help from a priest to have them at least say a prayer maybe bless me with holy water i was the experience is really hard to explain it's one of those during that four days after all of that i felt like i was on autopilot all Right. where of i could see and i was in charge of doing what i would normally do go to work you know social life but i felt detached and so it, after it those four days, did things
0: sort of get better for you then?
1: Um, They didn't. And that's that fourth day was when I fought with myself so much that I broke down. I, I'd get emotional. I'd start crying. I'm like, no, it'll be fine. I don't need to go. And then finally, my friend was like, no, you know, let, let's go. So we went to a church in Shimokan, it was just the first church that we could find, walked in and asked if we could speak to the pastor. We went in, talked to him about the experience. First thing was, were there any drugs or alcohol involved? And uh, of course there wasn't. And he said that he wasn't versed in any type of demonology or anything of that nature, but He could take us into the church, me and my friend, and he could bless both of us, say a prayer, bless us with holy water, and we could go from there that he could give us contact information if this didn't work. So we followed him into the church, he takes both of us up to the second level, and he says a prayer throws holy water on both of us and our member is being severely agitated at the end of the prayer he had said amen we were both supposed to say that I for some reason I just I couldn't and he said you need to exhale because I didn't know it I was I was actually holding my breath and then he got pretty stern and he was like exhale and as soon as he did that he hit me with holy water again and as soon as i had exhaled it was like a thousand pounds being pulled off of my shoulders so that is the rather crazy experience that completely shoved me into the paranormal field
0: yeah i could definitely see why that's for sure yeah <laughs> So after this experience, is that sort of when you made Moon uh, Phase Paranormal?
1: It was. Um, we, I mean, for me, being the biggest skeptic, you know, out of the group of people that was there, I, I wanted to know more about what I went through. So I immediately start trying to do research on the property, on the location, I start delving into what would happen to a spirit after they've been essentially expelled from a host, mm-hmm. and it just it snowballed from there. It got to the point where we were scared for the longest time to go back to that location, so that was kind of off-limits. But we wanted to try to document evidence at other locations, and that kind of snowballed into us making the group that we did because we were just starting out. So money was kind of tight with being able to afford equipment. And after watching some of the shows that are on television and seeing the equipment that they were using, I was like, I could recreate that on my own accord, the way that I see different things that could be improved upon. And so I did. And it started off with making... Just simple REM pods. It exploded from there into a complete line of equipment that we we had for sale on multiple platforms, and we've done really well with that, but we, uh, we've also been trying to switch gears a little more now to getting back into the investigative side of things. Uh, right. We're starting Do, to get hear... more
0: too many investigation groups also making their own equipment this is sounds pretty interesting to me
1: it is it can be rather daunting as well because we want to be out in the field as much as we can of but course, yep. i'm actually the only one out of the two because we have a very small group it's just me and uh, one other friend for moon paranormal and she pretty much covers the securing locations um taking, you know, the the phone calls, the emails, whereas I work on the equipment. And we also actually are paired with another group down in the, um, the Waynesboro area. And they use our equipment for the, uh, investigations that they have, whether it's house calls or they actually host quite a few events, um, all over PA, so we're, we're constantly building, so it, it can be daunting to try to juggle both ends of the spectrum with that.
0: Sure, I'm sure it is. What type of equipment do you guys make for paranormal investigating, if I don't mind me asking?
1: Oh, not a problem. Um, I mean, we make anything ranging from the conventional spirit box, which we've added our own twists or upgrades and improvements to uh, REM pods, uh, electromagnetic detectors, I mean, we uh, we actually just released our own version of a, uh, a music box. We call it the Parajuke.
0: Now, what exactly um, does that you, do?
1: Well, what we did was it's using an ultrasonic sensor, which it essentially sends out an ultrasonic pulse into a direction and... We've pre-programmed the, the distance at which it'll read from, so the sensors are normally capable of uh, something like 10 feet, but we've dialed that back to 9 inches to account for humidity changes, barometric pressure changes, and things like that. But um, if anything were to get within 9 inches at the, the device, it'll actually trigger it. It'll light up three LEDs on the front ring, and it'll actually start playing a creepy, almost like old-time music box sound from it as well.
0: Okay. Have you had much experiences with these uh, tools that you have been making?
1: With the Juke, no, because that was something that we just came out with. But we've had great success with the REM pods that we've made. Um, We've also had success with the the spirit boxes and the, uh, the EMF meters as well. And like I said, we do service a group down in Waynesboro, and they use those at about 25 events a year. So they get heavily used, uh, the groups, the Ghost Pit, which they actually have a, an event coming up at uh, Kim's Crypt in Spring Grove that we're going to be attending as well that we'll actually finally be able to Really put our new piece, the parajuke, to uh, to the test with the location there.
0: Very interesting. I have heard of Kim's Kim's Crypt before. That is a Honda attraction, right? And there is also a Honda location.
1: Correct. Yeah. The uh, in the off season at select times, uh, they are partnered with the Ghost Pit. They allow them to host um, a ghost hunt there. The the mill itself, I believe, is well over. 200 years old so there's quite a bit of a history attached to that it'll be our first time there it won't be for the ghost pit they've been there quite a few times but mm-hmm. we're we're really excited and looking forward to what we might be able to catch down there
0: it definitely sounds interesting especially if the place is over 200 years old i'm sure that's steeped in history
1: oh for sure
0: do you mostly have other ghost groups buying this equipment from you or do you see mostly individuals buying this to sort of maybe see a problem they have at their property?
1: That's actually, it's a mixed bag because the amount of people that we have on our Facebook group, I'd say it's about a 50-50 split. We have some that are uh, novice, if you want to say paranormal investigators, all the way up to experienced, And then we do have those that reach out to us that are looking for something specific to be able to provide credible evidence as to whether or not what's happening in their home is substantiated by, you know, another piece of, of evidence for them rather than it just be a picture or sure. uh, an EVP that's caught on on the phone or anything like that. They're so. always
0: looking for something more to back up their story or their experience.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Now, I know I've seen, a, I, well, I haven't seen, I heard of a lot of stories in this area after I started the show, because I, when I started, I thought we would be on for a few weeks, but here we are three years later. Have you had a lot of people reached out to you once you started your paranormal group?
1: Surprisingly for the area, no. And that's that's something that we we've been trying to, like I said, switch gears and get out into the field more. And we're starting to find more and more out about the area that we were never even aware of and we've been living up here since 2010 2011 and it's just it's there if you look for it but it's not something that we we've had many people actually reach out it's it's been us trying to look around and find locations or just trying to immerse ourselves in the history of the area a little more so that we could try to figure some things out on our own
0: right what area are you trying to specialize in, sort of?
1: Not really sure yet, because with with being so governed towards building equipment and not being able to be out as much as, as we'd like, um, we're still kind of feeling out what area we want to specialize specifically in. But yeah, I couldn't really say right now, because there's a lot that intrigues me, and That's the thing is my mind's constantly going and that's, I don't think I'll ever be able to actually give up equipment building a hundred percent and go strictly to investigating, but.
0: It makes your group um, something unique that you have something else to offer people instead of just investigations. Very true. So if somebody had like a ghost problem, they would like to have a little help with, how would they get in contact with you? And what area of like Pennsylvania do you guys cover?
1: I mean, we'll pretty much cover the entire state of Pennsylvania. As of right now, we wouldn't be able to do anything outside of the state. We are on Facebook. We do have our YouTube channel that does have a lot of what we've built. You, we could be contacted through either one of those. And our um, our Facebook page actually does have a contact phone number that's set up strictly for if you're having any kind of issues in your home that you would like us to talk to you about, possibly come out and, you know, get you a little more clarity on, we can be contacted there or just regular message through Facebook works as well.
0: So is your Facebook page Moon Phase Paranormal?
1: Um, if you do a search on Facebook, you could type in Moon Phase Paranormal. Or if you want the Facebook.com, it would be Facebook.com backslash. MPP equipment,
0: And I'm, of course, that's probably the same way to get in contact with you if they're interested in buying any equipment from you?
1: Correct. You can actually find the link for our official store on there as well as our, our YouTube link if you're looking to watch any of the demo videos on the equipment. That's all on there.
0: Okay. I'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. You definitely had some... Okay. That one story that got you interested in the paranormal, that sounds like a one of the better stories I've heard here in a little while.
1: Yeah, It was definitely one that is not going to ever be forgotten, put
0: it that way. <laughs> I don't think I would have forgot about that either. Have a good evening. Thanks again.
1: Well, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Creepy Side of NEPA. If you have a creepy paranormal story that happened to you that you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at ghost at com. Until next time. Enjoy the creepy side of NEPA. This has been the creepy side of NEPA. If you have a spooky story that took place in northeastern or central Pennsylvania, send it to ghost at wnep.com for your chance to share it on an upcoming episode. We're dying to hear from you. <laughs>